You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast with your hosts, Monster Deface and Michael Pan. Available on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other podcast streaming platforms. Hey guys, Monster here. Just wanted to let you know today's episode, I'm not on it, but don't worry, Panda's got you covered. Enjoy. And also, we have some new podcast episodes dropping with my boy, John Rush. I think you guys can enjoy this. It just means more content more frequently. So seriously, thank you guys for following along in this journey, and I hope you guys enjoy all the content to come. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. You know, the voice may sound a little bit different because it is actually Life with Panda leading the podcast today, and joining me on the pod is going to be somebody's gun. We've had him on last couple weeks. Monster's been traveling here a little bit, so I get to step into a bit of a host role, and uh, Gun and I are going to break down some of the stuff going on over the last week, but we were being so consistent, and we didn't want to stop that here so, uh, Gunman, welcome. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. I mean, it's nice to be here. It's always good having you on, man. Uh, again, if you don't know, Gun and I go way back. We've been casting, kind of casting duos here for a bit. So it, it's kind of a unique uh, take for us to kind of be a duo again, but in a podcast format. So a little bit different. But let's dive into it. We got so much to talk about today, starting with the official announcement of the FNCS dates. So this is huge, right? We, we finally have an understanding of when FNCS starts, and I believe it's the 18th, actually an exact month from now in February. So February 18th, we're getting that FNCS feel back, but it does look like it's a bit of a crunched timeline. Did you see that? Yeah, so I'm looking at the dates now. Essentially, qualifier, like qualifier 1, qualifier 2 are within four days. So it's the 17th, 18th for qualifier 1. Qualifier 2 is the 19th, 20th. And that's in February. So we're going to see essentially Thursday to Sunday, all qualifiers for this FNCS happen within four days. And that's going to be an interesting piece. I don't know exactly how players are going to handle that. And we might not even have players be able to really switch duos between qualifiers based on that short time frame. And, you know, that makes me think maybe that's what Epic has in mind, right? They're They're trying to encourage people to stay in one team because realistically you could still switch duos within that time frame, but it's definitely not going to be effective for you, right? You need to spend a little bit more time picking that right teammate leading up to this weekend. So I think that's definitely going to, to have a larger impact, I think overall. But on top of that, that means I believe March 5th is the last day of finals. And then we have a new season coming right after that. What do you think is going to happen there in uh, in season two? Because it looks like it's right around the corner. Yeah, that's actually a great point. And I have no idea, Panda. I would assume <laughs> we're going to see some kind of crazy, never-before-seen collaboration with whatever is relevant at that time in March. I can't. I can't say off the top of my head, but you know, Fortnite always loves to do new stuff. They have new collaborations. They're throwing different kinds of ideas at us all the time. And if I had to guess, I'd guess we get the pump back if it doesn't come back before okay. that. Yeah. So, so that actually kind of dives into the next thing we really want to talk about, which is the meta and, um, and the adjustments to the game. But yeah, I, man, I miss the pump shotgun so much, but look, <laughs> I, I get it, right? Fortnite has always tried to evolve in the shotgun department, but nothing just feels as full circle, unique, and and just viable as the pump shotgun has yet. I mean, we never know. 
a future shotgun can come out and, and make a lot more sense than the pump ever did. But we have yet to hit that point. But the next topic is talking about the meta and also talking about some community comments and feedback. I don't know if you saw this gun because you were tagging this as well, but somebody actually reached out. They posted it on Twitter on the timeline and tagged Monster, myself, and you and said that we need to stop like beating around the bush when it comes to like our opinion on the meta and we just need to quote unquote say that it's trash. <laughs> and And this kind of dives into something else we wanted to talk about too. But number one, the meta still needs some adjustment. We talked about it last week. I, I stand by the fact that uh, everything isn't quite where it needs to be, whether it's adjusting the fire rate on the SMG, removing the Spider-Man gauntlets from um, competitive playlists, etc. But one of the big reasons we like to be a little bit more constructive in the way that we give feedback is because it's easier to digest on the other end. I think uh, from my perspective, right, anytime I've been given feedback, about anything in life, whether it's what my work life, home, etc. If I'm giving feedback in a, in a more positive way, it's easier for me to digest and digest and work with it, right? Whereas, like, yeah. if somebody's just like, "Yo, your game is trash." Okay, great. How do I fix it? Well, your game is trash. No, like that. <laughs> that doesn't help me fix it, right? So, the the constructive feedback, which uh, Gun and I talked about a little bit before we started. Uh, like stretch and um i believe we, we had stretch we had jerky putting out like twit longers talking about adjustments that could actually fix what's going on this is the feedback we need to see in the community and the feedback we need to give as creators and players of the game that we love so much because from a development standpoint it's gonna be a lot easier to digest for these devs for these higher uh higher up people in epic making these decisions so what do you think man what do you think about this this notion that maybe we're being a little too soft or or uh working with the different types of feedback all right so you went over a lot there let me try and start <laughs> at the beginning um i do agree with you if someone just tells you, you suck you're kind of going to shut down and ignore the rest of the feedback. That's not necessarily the most effective way to communicate. Yeah. You know, it needs to be some give and take. And ultimately I, I think both of us understand that we don't control the game. We can yeah. provide some feedback like we have and like what we see from players, but ultimately the decisions of what the meta is going to be are left up to Epic games. And instead of trying just to like, full circle change and flop whatever what's whatever has been presented to us i think we also need to understand okay more little adjustments are likely rather than a full-scale meta change like that is very unlikely to happen and also at the same time it, fortnite is known for being a game changer they're always pushing different boundaries they're trying to do different things and I understand. I like to pump shotgun. I know you like to pump shotgun <laughs> and the box fight gunplay, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But if we have that for a year, is that really going to be the best thing for the game? And I don't mean the pros, right? Because this is a, a huge conversation. It's not simply just one group of people. Is that style going to be best for the game? I don't think so. I, I think these occasional changes that make you play a little differently make you think a little bit differently about the game wind up making the game more refreshing when we ultimately get the things that we want and that may not be the best way to do things but that's 
the pattern we've seen and i think it works and i think fortnite as a whole would be very strange to change what they're doing because of how successful they've been um and then when we go back to your last point about the constructive criticism we've seen from pros that has been super refreshing panda i mean you're looking at especially stretch who is typically one of the more toxic trolly people on social media spending time putting out twit longers putting together video evidence and proof of what he believes should be in the game or out of the game like that is relevant feedback that i think is being heard and will actually make change when you just go on twitter and complain about a game no one's gonna listen to that no one cares you know sign this petition to to vault the smg okay cool you can get however many signatures you want on that it's not doing anything but providing why the SMG should be changed or what should happen and slight subtle changes, not just remove the gun from the game that they obviously want in this season. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot more likely to happen and a, a lot more beneficial towards the entire community of allowing that conversation to happen. Yeah, I, I think people at home need to realize that just saying remove this, remove that, do this, do that, like that's just not going to work, right? You have to give some evidence behind your criticism or your feedback. Obviously, it's much easier to say, remove the striker SMG than it is to to break down how to fix it, right? But you Mm -hmm. have to think about the man hours that goes into a new season behind the scenes, right? And part of those man hours are going to these new weapons that they're developing and putting into the game. So while we're all like, yo, uh, maybe this isn't it, like this isn't right, There are people, actual human beings behind the decisions and and the creation of these weapons. And all they get to see is is the community being super negative about it, not saying, you know what? I really like this about the Striker SMG, et cetera. So there needs to be a balance. And and I think it's coming. Can I jump in real quick, Mr. Panda? So one thing that I have seen is that the, the pub, the casual community has really enjoyed this meta. Yeah. I know that that's not our total audience, but I saw even that slight nerf we saw to the SMG and the MK, people are upset about it because they're like, I really enjoy playing this game how it is. So there's always going to be that balance and someone that likes what's going on and someone that doesn't, which makes it even harder for Epic to get that kind of idea of what should actually be changed. Yeah, and I mean, think about it this way. The competitive scene is such a small portion of the the overall player base of Fortnite. It, it, I know it's it, you might not want to hear it at home, but it, it's true. Like Fortnite is primarily played by casual players, not necessarily competitive players. Now, that's not to say Fortnite doesn't care about competitive. I mean, look at all the money they invest into prize pools, etc. I mean, if you add that up, there's no other companies really doing that, especially not in the BR or shooter scene, right? I mean, you could try right. to compare like Call of Duty I guess is the closest, but there's a a buy-in to even have a team in the Call of Duty League, whereas this is completely open track. Like it's just, it's very different, right? So I I think as as a community, we just got to take a step back and and follow the lead of like a stretch, for example, and the way that they're approaching this stuff because it's not over, right? Like the the game has those two different player bases. We just need to find a way to cater to both that is overall effective like 
again, uh, one of the comments that I did see was splitting the way that the loot pool works between competitive and, and the casual player base and pubs. And I think that's probably the, the easiest fix, right? And the, and the mo probably the most even effective fix. However, like from a programmer standpoint, from a developer standpoint, I couldn't even begin to tell you how someone would be able to do that, right? <laughs> like you, it, it, <laughs> yeah. you would literally have to load a second version of that weapon in probably, right? Like, and then you would have to load both versions into creative. Like it, it would be, it, it's, it's probably difficult to say the least. I can't even imagine again, what that would take to do, but still that's a lot of work. And that's not to say Fortnite won't do it eventually or, or doesn't want to do it. But you can't expect them to just snap their fingers two weeks after coming back from break and all of a sudden they're able to split the loop pool and do this and do that. But at least they're trying. 100%. And additionally, not only are they just getting back, but we're just getting started in the competitive season. I know people expect cash cups to be ran perfectly and they want the game to be perfect. But ultimately, FNCS is the major tournament and... As long as they are taking all this information, the data that they're receiving and crafting whatever is a perfect FNCS, I really don't even care too much about a single cash cup or two, you know, like yeah. I want the main event to be the best possible. And if we have to use a cash cup or two to understand how the best competitive game is going to be played, that's fine by me. And we, we do also see that split, right? Because we just had the addition in today's update of the shield kegs and also the armored walls, which I know you're a fan of in competitive. <laughs> so yeah. let's hear it. Yeah. I mean, look, these are some changes that were made to the game uh, today, literally January 18, 2022. This happened, right? And while it's, they're good changes. I know the community isn't going to be fully on board with them, especially when they're complaining about other things. However, this is one thing I want to talk about and touch on with the armored walls, right? Because I, I know uh, people's first response included like Aussie antics. His first response was like, wait, this has to be a mistake. Mm, no, these make a lot of sense in competitive. As long as number one, there's limits to the stack that you can carry, which they did. And number two, there, there's not a way to full box yourself with armored walls, which right now I think you can only carry stacks of two. So to me, that's a pretty effective way to put them into competitive and also make them a competitive item. Because from the moment that they dropped, my first thought was how well they can be used in competitive play, especially when you're thinking about getting server focused and, and situations like that. Being able to throw at least one armored wall up makes a huge difference in that moment and keeps you in the game. Whereas a lot of times when you are in those moments and you are getting server sprayed, it's because you unfortunately got chosen, whether it's <laughs> you made a poor rotation at a poor time, or you were just happened to be sitting there and you reset your wall and the server's like, you know what? I'm shooting them. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they play out. I, I, I was like most people and was hesitant to it because I, I think naturally people are just hesitant to change. So seeing new things are like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. But again, that's natural. So we'll see how exactly they play out. And if it is only stacks of two, 
there isn't too much that you could really do with it. It'll have to be used effectively. And I, I know our competitive players and, and even some of the, the players that play pubs are going to find interesting, unforeseen ways to use these items because it always happens. You know, there's someone that goes ahead, start placing these walls and you're like, wait, what is he doing with that? That that's not how they're supposed to be used, but it's also an awesome way that we've seen. And, you know, there's a couple of different things we've seen in the past, such as like, um, and no, this is probably not the best example because it was broken, but the shockwave <laughs> grenade launcher of people using it to, to shockwave onto height and then throw people in the storm. By no means would I have expected that as the foreseen use of that weapon. Yeah. You know, it was more like a personal movement item, but then players are so smart and creative, they find new ways to make these items used within the game and used really well. Yeah, and I think even if you think from like a high ground position, right? Someone's spraying down on a player, you're weak, and you're getting sprayed from above, you have that armor wall, and you throw it up above you, that more or less nerfs high ground a bit and makes you have to be a little bit more aggressive in situations. So I see the benefits in competitive more than I see the cons, right? Because obviously there will be situations where they might not be as convenient for you in the way that you play, but at the same time, I think there's way more benefits in the positive section than there are negatives. So Look, that's one of those changes I'm super excited about. But again, if if a player isn't excited about it, it comes back to that constructive feedback, sharing it in a, in a way that will will get the developers thinking, oh, maybe maybe the wall health is too strong or whatever the case may be. But nevertheless, man, Fortnite, in my opinion, is going in the right direction. And we're just in the first month of the year. I can only imagine what is next in the next season. Oh, you, you keep hinting at it. I wish we actually knew. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> soon. One last piece. I'm sure we'll, before, we'll know soon. But yeah, go. One last little touch on this. Um, I, I'm always hesitant to give my opinion on things before they're used. Sometimes, you know, there's just ideas or additions, subtractions to the game that are out there. They're like, oh, this is never going to be good in the game. And that's quite obvious. Yeah. But I, I think... The shield kegs, the armored walls, they're by no means like an obviously bad thing that should absolutely never be in the game. You know, we'll have to see how they work. And before they're nerfed, removed, at least try it. Like, try it before you, you form your opinion of this has got to be the worst thing ever to happen to Fortnite, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree, right? Like... And and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, the future is looking bright with them bringing on Hogman and stuff like we talked about last week. Uh, but nevertheless, we'll uh, we'll keep it going because there's a lot of stuff going on in the community, not only in Fortnite community, but in the gaming community in general. So we got to touch on a couple of these topics. Number one being Activision Blizzard has now been acquired or not officially acquired, but they have made an offer and it looks like Blizzard Activision has accepted for $70 billion, Microsoft is ready to purchase them. Now, a deal like this of this magnitude will take quite some time to actually process and go through. And I think I saw uh, like a mid-2023 date was like a rough estimate of when they think it's going to actually go through. But man, does this change the playing field of gaming? Like, this is such a huge acquisition. And 
you may be wondering, this is the Fortnite podcast. Why are you talking about this? Well, Fortnite has a really good relationship with Microsoft properties. I mean, we've seen Halo, like Master Chief come in, come into play, etc. So this could be the first collaborative sign from like a World of Warcraft property, a Starcraft property, or even a Call of Duty property connecting into the world of Fortnite and, and so on. So this is a huge acquisition and I got to get your thoughts. What are you thinking? What was running through your head this morning when you wake up and see that right in the front of your timeline? So I think it goes back to like, whoa, just, <laughs> okay, hold on. That is incredible. Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard and we can just name some of the titles like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Halo are three major competitive games that are now all in one space under Microsoft. Well, yeah. if this goes through, you of know, course, yeah. and that could be an awesome thing. We could see a redemption of the Call of Duty League, which seems to be in shambles at the moment yeah and talking about just activision blizzard as a whole i mean we we were talking before the broadcast they, they've been striking for almost two months now employees are striking mm -hmm. and not showing up to work because they don't believe in the leadership and the actions of the company and its leaders so ultimately for activision blizzard this needed to happen they were just in a path of a spiraling downfall both internally and externally from at least looking outside in yeah overall though like the ip that they have and the different titles the games underneath those companies that is phenomenal i i just i cannot believe now all of that is going to be in one place and like you said there's a really, really good chance that some of those characters or something from those different games start to spill into Fortnite because we already have the major, or at least in my opinion, the major Microsoft Xbox character, which is Master Chief in mm -hmm. Fortnite. So th there's only likely to be more. Yeah. And for those at home that, that don't know, right? Like, so Activision Blizzard has been under fire for what seems like a year, a year and a half now, if I'm not mistaken, where they've just been accused from from higher ups uh, just between like sexual assault, things like that. So coming full circle more recently, they've been on seven weeks of striking because they were getting right, ready to lay off a huge uh, percentage of their quality assurance team after literally weeks after promising them raises and, and other stuff. So now they, they went back on their word. They said they're going to lay off all these people. And then it led to these strikes. So everything going on for this brand was a downward spiral, to say the least. It looked like the only way they could be redeemed is if somebody bought it. But no one in their right mind expected Microsoft to step up and say, hey, we're going to purchase Activision Blizzard. I mean, even last November, right, one of the executives from Microsoft were like, we are actively considering um, reducing and eliminating our connections with them as a developer because of everything going on. So to see them instead just decide to buy out the company is insane. And on top of that, at the end of this acquisition, once it is fully processed, the current CEO of Activision Blizzard will no longer be a part of the company. I know that's a huge win for, for the people that were affected whether it's the quality assurance teams or, or the women affected at in the workplace. So that's going to be a huge change for them. So uh, it, it's pretty monumental. I mean, it is 
it is history in the making and we're getting to be alive and part of it as it takes place it is so massive like you just said and by no means did i expect microsoft maybe amazon or apple were yeah. two of the companies that i thought were going to get into the space or even facebook a lot of those big tech companies but clearly microsoft wants a stake in the game they're not just laying down and they saw they obviously know everything going around with activision blizzard and feel that they sh should be able to write the ship turn it around and create a better company at the end of the day and that is awesome because w when you see things start going the wrong way for a company okay that, that that's kind of bad for the executives and things like that but ultimately there's thousands of people that work for activision and blizzard and when things go wrong those are the people that take the biggest hits so it's yeah. awesome to see somebody coming in and maybe helping those people i don't want to say they are but there's a good shot that it, it's better than it was previously I'm, i definitely agree and i think if you're a call of duty fan this is probably the best news you could have gotten out of all of this to be to be quite Truth. frank i think um call of duty in general as a game has gone downhill i think as a franchise like literally when nade shot and hex are getting together to do like a 45 minute to I think maybe it was even like two hour little like um I don't remember if it was exactly a video or just a recording of them talking about the issues and the things they can do to fix Call of Duty League like that's a huge red flag because those are two prominent community figures from Call of Duty saying hey this is an issue with the game and guess what they did it constructively so you know what a win for the community if it does go through a win for Microsoft but someone who's not winning right now is is Ninja and Pokimane. <laughs> we got to talk about it. We'll we'll be brief, right? Obviously, Ninja just living his best life, returning to Fortnite, creating content with Courage JD. I, I saw he put out content with T-Pain. Well, recently, a creator by the name of Gideon, he's like a prankster on YouTube, uh, ended up sending uh, a bit of a raid towards Pokimane, which resulted in him getting banned. And when all of this stuff was going on, Gideon uh, and, in his, and his community were in Ninja's chat and um, Ninja, like to get them to kind of stop harassing him, joked that he was going to message his Twitch rep and see if they could help uh, Gideon's ban, right? So all this happens. And then obviously, like there's some other stuff leading up to it. Pokimane getting banned for watching Avatar on stream and and all that stuff so literally it was kind of like festering at the top waiting to pop but Gideon obviously shouldn't have sent hate or or any kind of attention towards Pokimane like that wasn't okay right so his ban warranted but then all of this starts to blow up when his ban converts from a 14-day ban into a permanent ban off of Twitch and then all of a sudden more attention goes towards Pokimane Pokimane decides to drag Ninja along with it ninja messages her saying hey like you got this information wrong uh, this is a mistake don't do this and then jessica blevins ninja's wife and manager getting involved saying that legal is going to get involved like there is a lot going around this story and and obviously we'll try to keep you up to date with anything going on but man i i can't imagine being ninja's shoes right now poor guy was literally just streaming and Gideon decides to choose him to be his quote unquote like white knight in that moment, right? To save him. And now Pokimane is is calling him a, a misogynist and, and some other stuff. And so look, 
it's a tough situation to say the least, but Ninja's doing all right. He's still streaming Fortnite all the time. He's still doing bits. Like, I don't think this will ultimately affect him too much, but, uh, gotta, we gotta keep people included in any kind of that drama that's going on. So gun, that's the full breakdown. That's everything that's happened. What is your take on this? And what do you think is going on? I think it comes back to like the, the saying with great power comes great responsibility. You yeah. have that following um, both from Gideon, Ninja and Pokimane side. They all have created this massive following. And whether it's on purpose or on accident, the things you say, those people take very seriously even if it's sarcastic sometimes, and it affects others. So you need to be careful with where you go, what you do, and that that's not fun. It's not the best to live your life in a way that you have to tiptoe around other people, and some people choose not to. Like, that's their whole brand is doing whatever they want. But at least for Pokemon and Ninja, they're pretty buttoned up people. They, they have all of their stuff together. They take care of themselves, and... I don't necessarily know that this is going to, it's not getting resolved in the court of public opinion, right? Yeah. What we do and say really doesn't matter to, to a ninja and a Pokemane, but ultimately like they are people and clearly this is something that's going to affect them mentally. And just one of those things that it's almost a working hazard of the industry you are going to get into some of this stuff, whether you want to or not, specifically in Ninja's case. I don't know. He wanted to be involved in this, but it came to him. He didn't handle it the perfect way. I don't know that I could say he handled it poorly. Yeah. And then, you know, it blows up back in his face and everyone on the Internet's talking about it. So I think it's one of those things probably by next week, maybe even by the end of this week it'll be over done with and people will be talking about some new internet drama yeah um but that's just the the way of the road yeah i mean look i feel bad for pokemon and the 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 hate raid quote unquote that she got um i i would never want anybody to experience anything like that i think they were just like saying l ratio in her chat but it was incited by Gideon. so warrant his ban warranted right pokemon right. being upset about it warranted now that we've gotten to this ninja part, I just don't like, I feel for ninja, right? Like I feel like I, ninja probably isn't having the best response to it either. Him and his wife, like trying to get legal involved and stuff. But at this point you have to think about it this way. Ninja is like a huge brand. Now he was literally just a voice in a new hotel Transylvania movie. Like he literally voiced over a prominent character in that movie. So to think like these shots being fired towards Ninja and how that could affect movie deals and things like that, that he's doing behind the scenes. I can get why they got as defensive as they did. However, when, when you shoot those DMS to Pokimane and she's talking about it live on stream, don't be surprised when she just decides to share those, those DMS publicly. Cause that's what happened. Ninja tried to, to DM her like, Hey, like your information's wrong. And then Jess, same thing, like I mentioned before. And Pokemon just shared the DMs. So I, I kind of have respect for Ninja and Jess trying to do it privately. But, you know, it's drama. People love it. If you can drag it along, you get more viewership out of it, et cetera, tons of other stuff. But at the end of the day, I feel bad for Pokemon. She should have never dealt with what she's been dealing with, right? On the hate side. At the same time, I feel bad for Ninja now getting dragged publicly. 
it's a whole mess. But to wrap all of this up, we got to talk about it. Talked a little bit about some things that, that were adjusted today, whether it's the armored walls the and the, what, what was it, the chug cans. Now we got to talk about tilted towers returning. This is huge, right? So first, let's talk about your thoughts on tilted towers itself returning to Fortnite. All right, so initially, awesome. How can you not just love Tilted coming back? I, th I I can't. I was trying to think. It's the most iconic, probably the most loved POI of all time. Basically, since it left, people were calling for it to return. Yeah. So we've had years of people just being like, where's Tilted Towers? Where's Tilted? I want Tilted back. Now it's back, and we played a couple of games, Panda. It's literally the entire lobby is just landing at Tilted Towers, and it feels nostalgic. It just feels like, oh my goodness, we are back to what I first learned at, of Fortnite as, and it feels good, man. It does. I, I love it. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it too, man. It, it, it did feel quite nostalgic. Also, the server performance didn't feel great, but I can only imagine with the amount of players landing there right now, that's how it's going to be. Um, but that's, that's definitely something uh, that I was excited to see return. And not only am I excited to see Tilted Towers return, but some of the most prominent creators returning to Fortnite because of Tilted Towers is another huge, huge W in my book. We saw Nick Merck's Aiden returning to the game. Obviously, Courage JD Ninja has already returned to the game, but Tilted is just that that extra sliver of the pie that's going to keep them there hungry and eating because Tilted is such a monumental POI, like Gun mentioned. It, it had such an impact on so many people. To have it return in, in the fashion that they did, I, I definitely think was a very, very smart move on Fortnite's part. And, and that's why we see a lot of these creators coming back. And, and could we see this resurgence a Fortnite like we saw in 20 what 2018 2019 some of the biggest years for Fortnite could we see that coming back I think every time Fortnite does something they show that it hasn't gone anywhere like it has lulls at times but even if you just go look at Google Trends year over year last December this January are higher than they were last year just based on Google Trends, and I'm looking at the Twitch stats right now. It's about 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the afternoon when we're, we are recording this. And there's almost 300,000 viewers watching Fortnite just on Twitch. Wow. And typically it sits, I'd say, 60 to 100,000. So just bringing back this POI, there wasn't massive changes to the game. There wasn't a whole new season. They literally just brought back Tilted and made a couple, like, small little adjustments to the game and now like you said we have a nick mercs clicks is streaming cypher nick a30 ninja was just on before mr savage aiden i mean i can continue but all of these massive creators are back in the game and if they have fun man this could be awesome for fortnite i would just love to see some of these guys and i know i believe it's cypher ninja and courage have been back playing somewhat regularly back on fortnite which is amazing and almost unexpected from my end because you know they've moved on they, they've played other games they've been successful in other games but now it all comes back to where th the good old times started right and yeah that is what tilted is to me the good old times no for sure i mean it, it has been a, a day full of nostalgic gameplay for gun and i, I we literally got on this morning 
messaging each other with our buddy uh nikki and, and we're like yo fortnite tilted are we landing tilted is that all we're landed absolutely and that's what we did all morning so look it, it's been a good feeling having it back it's a good feeling having creators back but look there's so much more to fortnite coming this year i can feel it like this is not epic doesn't tell me things let me be clear here I just feel like this is the start of just an incredible year of Fortnite, and I'm really pumped to see what ends up coming next. But look, that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in, whether it's on Spotify, Dash Radio, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you listening in. So, Gun, tell the people where they can find you. It is somebody's gun on all platforms. One word, no apostrophes, no periods, no nothing. Just somebody's gun. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all the good stuff. TikTok, Instagram, but I don't post on there, so don't go there. <laughs> I'm the same way. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in again. You can find me at LifeWPand on Twitter. Hit me up with all of your problems and complaints. And that's going to be it for today's episode. So make sure to go out there and dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.